Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson-Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is the podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. The Sanderson Sisters, The Craft, Charmed, Scarlet Witch. Let's even take it back to the Wicked Witch of the West. We're talking about witches. Why do we all love them so much? <laughs> we're also chatting with Lana Harper, whose new book, Payback the Witch, is now available. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Before we get to our witch talk, Mm -hmm. we have kind of a fun little call, not little, it's a big call to action to our listeners. We've been yammering for how many months? I don't even know. A bunch of months. A bunch of months. And we (laughs) want some input from our listeners. So for the episode during the week of the U.S. Thanksgiving, so the last week of November, we want to do what we're calling a listener request show. We want you to send us your questions either for us and about us, what you want advice on, book rec requests. We could even do like gift requests in the busy gift giving kind of frame or frame frame of mind. Danielle and Gwen's favorite things. Yeah. And you can, or just like a topic suggestion, just say, talk about spiders for 20 (laughs) minutes. I don't know. Whatever you want to hear us talk about, we want to know. So email podcast at freshfiction.com. And of course we will have, I'll have all of this in show notes, but yeah, we want to hear from you guys. I was just thinking when we were planning this, Mm -hmm. we were kind of planning the end of the year for the podcast. I was like, what would be not like, what do I want to talk about during the week of Thanksgiving. And usually it's like the beginning of the onslaught of the holiday season. (laughs) And I was like, let's just keep it easy, you know, and just yammer on about something. About something we're thankful for, which is pop culture, entertainment, and the things that bring us comfort and joy. Definitely. I mean, we'll, we should definitely have like a thankful or grateful kind of gratitude segment during that show. But I, I would really love to just hear from our listeners. Cause they're so cool. Yeah. I love and there them. are, there are at least a few of them. We have at least two. We want to hear yeah. from you guys. One of them is my husband. I know he, <laughs> he listens. <Aww. laughs> he has, to, I make him. Um, no, I'm kidding. Cool. All right. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> how are you doing Gwen? Oh man. Well, Danielle, um, it's getting really cold in Seattle, Mm. um, finally, which is a transition from Texas. So I've been making soups like crazy. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. And I got to hang out with some new friends over the weekend and have my first board game night, which was super fun too. What did you play? Um, let's see. We played a game called abandoned artichokes or abandoned all artichokes where you essentially, uh, you have like a deck of five cards and you, they're all artichokes and you try to add different vegetables into your hand so that you get rid of all your artichokes. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a real cute game for everybody from kids to, um, full ass adults like myself played a betrayal on 
Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which is like a Betrayal at Haunted Hill, Haunted okay. House um, sort of game. And then what else did we play? We played, oh, oh, Clank, which is a, a dungeon oh, yeah. game. Well, first of all, that sounds delight. I like board games, but I almost like dread playing. I don't know. It's mm. weird. It's like the idea of playing a board game seems very overwhelming to me. But then when I start it, I'm usually fine. I don't know yeah. what it maybe it's like an anxiety thing. I don't know. I'm incredibly um, competitive and it's hard to stuff it down to yeah. be like nice and kind. And so that was one of the things that kept me from enjoying board games for so long was that I wanted to win. I was just, I would be yeah. a terrible competitive person. <laughs> and yeah. I also don't like sitting and learning the rules. And sometimes they take a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of time. I don't care. Yeah. I agree that. Yeah. I, I relate to a lot of that. I also think too, I'm just like thinking about this now. I feel like for so long, I think, especially the two of us, we are like children of the Mm nineties where it was like everything. It was like, you know, we all got participation medals, but it was always like, it's just a game, like just have fun or, you know, try your best. And that's what matters. And so I think i still feel that like, but I think I'm like, Oh, it's just a game. Like it's fine. You know, like, Okay, whatever. But I also, but then I also am competitive. So it's like, it's very emotional. I guess yeah, exactly. when I play board games, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what does it all mean? Um, <laughs> but yeah, this week it's weird because, well, it's weird today specifically because we're recording at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least it's night where I am and it's not, we don't usually do that. No. And this is not like my thriving time. I am definitely a day person, <laughs> but it's, it's nice. But yeah, I mean, it's like fall is here in Chicagoland. It was like, right. It's been drizzly and rainy. I mean, it's probably actually quite similar to how it is by you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh man, are you here with me, Danielle? Yeah. Like you're I mean, I'm wearing a, outside. Yeah. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Like it's mm-hmm. nice. So that is exciting. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been a good week. It's just, it's been like a nice kind of typical, a typical week so far. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it is really, it is. I think you bring up such a good point that it is such a mind throw for both of us that we are recording this on a weekday yeah. at the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> so everybody um, just know that we uh, are thinking of you and please think of us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So Gwen, what is one good thing you have achieved so far this week? Um, let's see. So I think for this week really was honestly spending time with people that I don't really know, um, Mm. having to kind of remember how to socialize and make friends, um, that, that I think is one good thing because I realize that I'm very loud and need to, uh, bring my, my energy down a little bit. If I want to have normal friends, <laughs> <laughs> maybe though, maybe you want weird friends. Maybe. I mean, I always thought I did want weird friends. <laughs> <laughs> just want to sit in a room with all this yelling at each other. It's just, lovely. yeah. <laughs> well, that's to be expected though, with a board game, I think that's true. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm trying to, th- I'm like looking at my, ca- looking up at my calendar. I feel like I always talk about writing stuff, but I did recently, well, I have an update on writing, but I'm going to save it for the end because it was Perfect. one of my goals, but I did finish, not finish, but I got to 60,000 words in this work in progress 
that I'm working on. And I have this wild idea that I could hopefully finish this draft before the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So then I can start something totally new Ooh. for NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, throughout the month of November. And then I have this other crazy idea that if I actually complete NaNoWriMo, which is where you you try to write 50,000 words toward a, a novel, some, you know, like a shorter book or, you know, like a YA novel really could, could be 50,000 words, but mine is not. Mm-hmm. Um but then I'm like, well, if I write 50,000 words in November, then I could probably finish the draft by December. Right. So could I feasibly write another book before the end of the year, which is wild, uh-huh. but I'm going to see what happens. I'm not making, it. I'm not making it a goal, but I am speaking it into existence yeah. right now. It's more of like, can't, should I try to do this? I think I should try to do this. Just see what happens. Yeah, I think that that sounds great. And yeah. even if you don't complete yeah. it by December, you've got all those stuff you did in November. Oh, I love it. Yes, yeah. this is great. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. And I, I mean, like we've talked, I've been talking about, I've been drafting a lot, like just kind of, I'm trying to get, get into that mode of just writing yeah. as much as I can, not getting burnt out, but then, but also just keeping the creativity flowing. Yeah. I can't, exactly. I don't keeping want that muscle saying, working yeah. too. Yeah. I hate saying things like creativity flowing, like it's such a, <laughs> but I said it and it's happening. I'm going to send you a beret to wear for your, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> for your moments. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think we've done good things this week. That's great. So let's move on and let's get spooky. Let's talk Ooh. about witches. It literally says in our update, like we love witches yeah, <laughs> in our outline, them. but what's so great, I think about witches and like this renaissance of witches we're having right now. in, I think m- you see it very much in books right now, but I think in a lot of pop culture over the last few years, you really have seen just more witches, you yeah. know, they come in all shapes and sizes there are different forms of witches and types. They all have varying degrees of power. They can be kooky and fun. They can be sinister and vengeful. Most of them have reasons. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think let's put a disclaimer out there and hopefully your image of witches was not put off by being forced to read the crucible in high school. Um, like so many of us, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've always really liked witches. I don't know. I don't even know when it really started in earnest, but I do know when my idea of witches changed. And I think it Ooh. was, it was when the craft came out and I'm going to do a little Google came out hey. in 1996. So yeah, I mean, I, w- I probably didn't see it in 1996. I bet I saw it like a year or two later. Cause I think I was in like eighth grade when I watched it. And it was like, oh, like witches can be super powerful and Mm -hmm. super cool and they can be people like me, you know, or like a teenage girl can be a witch too. Like it, that movie, I think made it seem more real, I guess, even though I knew it was, it was a movie, but there was, I don't know, I guess it just hit me at the right, like the craft came out the right time. And that was really interesting for me, but what, yeah, what, 
What about you? What do you think of witches? Yeah, I think that you bring up such a good point about the reality and the grounding of that Mm-hmm. of those girls in the craft. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the craft. Yeah, so I also love witches very, very much. I think that like you, like the craft was a very formative story for me, but there was also these books at the same time that were coming out. They were all about witches. Mm-hmm. There was a huge surge by LJ Smith and other young adult writers. Cause I think that that was the other things that there was so much there wasn't a lot to read for young mm-hmm. adult at that time, but what there was, was a lot of paranormal. It was either vampires or witches. Yeah. And so I was like, let me have my witches. Um, and I was a spooky kid. And so I just really enjoyed any sort of like creepy crawly thing. And mm-hmm. which just sort of hit that, that right on the head too. And I think that it's fun because they can be such a wide variety yeah. and have such, you can, you really kind of understand like the wicked wit or the evil witch and Hansel and Gretel wanting mm-hmm. to cook the children because, you know, society cast her out and, and didn't think yeah. that she was worthy of being there. And so she's like, well, I'll show you. And so you kind of like get these moments where the, the personification of a witch really has so much more depth to it. And I think that mm-hmm. that literature and film does a really great, a really great job of like showcasing that. The other thing I think, and I'm thinking about the craft again, but I think it every day think, of my life, I think about I know, the right? Basically, <laughs> like we are the weirdos, mister. Like, I think that all the time. I, t- <laughs> I like, I need that. I need to like cross stitch that on a pillow or look for it on Etsy because I'm I sure it exists. It. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the other thing with that too was like it also showed how something could go wrong with power, which yeah. I think is kind of a universal storytelling tactic. But, you know, and then it also kind of introduced like the actual spiritual and like religious Mm -hmm. background that comes with witches, whether it's Wicca or something else or, you know, whatever that may be, because I know it varies from story to story, but I think it's just, it is, it's really, it was I don't know what it is. I guess, I mean, I guess that was my formative witch experience aside from like the Wicked Witch of the West, you know, right. like <laughs> from literally watching the Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of scared, a like you know? we go from, we go from her, mm-hmm. from those two witches, Elphaba and Glenda to Glenda or Gilda. Glenda, Glenda. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the craft. Like those are yeah. a huge jump, a huge mm-hmm. spectrum right there. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump in to some of our favorite pop culture witches. So we've talked about the craft and then you brought up Elphaba and Glinda or Glenn. I mean, I think she starts out Glinda and then becomes Glenda, right? Or whatever. Anyway, the point is, is that, and and since I've mentioned the Wicked Witch of the West, I think we should, we should talk a little bit about Wicked both yeah. the book, but probably mostly the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read the book. I think I've mentioned this, like my mom makes us read or made us read Wicked in our book club. And like every, almost every book club, we talk about the book Wicked in some way, <laughs> shape or form. Um, but it was, I mean, one, it was, it was a great fairy tale retelling. People love fairy tale retellings, but then it also just made it made the way this the quintessential mm-hmm. witch into someone you could root for. Absolutely. And I it's think the that's best really, redemptive story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Redemptive. She's misunderstood. She's outcast. Like, and 
and you understand both sides. You know, I think that's what I really like about Wicked. The musical, I think, does a really good job of showing, you know, the good, the whole good versus evil thing and the nuances in between that. I think that's just really fun. Um, And also it's still like, it slaps like those songs. (laughs) Their songs are so good. Oh, good. (laughs) Just watching the Tonys like two weeks ago. It was phenomenal getting to see those songs perform. Oh, I'm still getting, I cried watching them sing that together. Oh, good. Beautiful. So we also mentioned in the the beginning, our Sanderson sisters. So I just watched Hocus Pocus the other night because it is Freeform is having their 31 days of Halloween. uh, And it was Hocus Pocus was on. And I just, man, I just love that movie. I I love everything about it. It makes me Mm -hmm. so sad when I meet adults who didn't watch it. And then I'm like, well, at this point, unless you have like kids or a reason, there's really nothing. It's so, I think you and I talked about this, like, it's just yeah. so childlike that yeah. it's hard to recommend to anyone that <laughs> yeah. hasn't enjoyed it as a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really, really love, and I, what, okay, sorry, let me go back to the Sanderson sisters. Just, they're another perfect example of like, yes, they're evil and they mm-hmm. really are incredibly mm-hmm. evil, but it's understandable because of mm-hmm. what was put upon them by society. And I, yeah. I just, I've always just been like, it's, it's nice that it's gray, but yes, yeah. they are bad and they should not, they were, you know, bad, bad, bad people, but maybe they're a little redemptive. I don't know. Um, you know, what's interesting. And I feel like this is going to come up for almost everyone we're going to talk about. Yeah. And it's the idea of a scorned woman. Yes. Like that's mostly who witches, witches are. are. And I mean, and then you think too, when you call someone a witch, you know, just like in conversation, it's like, just to say like, you're being, you're a mean lady, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I want, like, I think there's obviously there is like something there. Yeah. With absolutely the, the idea of this kind of this outcast creepy woman mm-hmm. <laughs> who is getting vengeance for whatever reason or has debts to settle and you know uses paranormal means to do so or whatever whatever the story is yeah. there is something going on with 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 women finding their power and, and whether they use it for good or bad, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's a really great transition into my next one, which is Mm -hmm. the witch, um, a film that came out in 2015. Uh, it takes place. I wouldn't, it's like Salem times, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a family has been cast out of their society and they, the father's slowly going mad. Everyone's slowly going mad. And it offers the opportunity for the devil to bring himself into this family and yeah. find the scorned girl who is put upon by the rest of her family. And it is twisted and weird. And I love black, black Philip so much. So, um, and you only get to see at one point, you only see like from the nose down and any romance yeah. reader will know that sometimes that is the sexiest thing you need. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, black Philip. <laughs> Um, I also find Tara and Willow and their OG from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think they were another one going back to like what helped transition our views of witches. They were definitely a pair because we did see, especially Tara going through, or sorry, not Tara, Willow going through good Willow, bad Willow. Like that Mm -hmm. was so incredible to see. And then getting to just see how powerful she could become. Right. And how much more powerful she was than everybody else and having to wield that power and control that power. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a more recent one that I really enjoyed back similar to The Witch was uh, Fear Street 1666, which oh, is yeah. the third of the Fear Street films on Netflix. I watched all three of them in one day, so they all kind of blend. But I liked the, <laughs> about each of them is that they each hit a different uh, horror theme. And the final one, 1666, was retelling of the Salem witch trial or mm-hmm. Salem trials. And uh, so again, back to Crucible, if you have this vision of what the puritanical society looked like and what was going on and how people could pin different crimes onto women because they just, it was easier to do that. This yeah. is a, this was a really great one and it's more modern. So it's got, you know, it's a little silly and fun and hot people are in it. So that's great. <laughs> um, also uh, for, for the podcast lovers, I've got lore podcast, which is a really great bi-month bi-weekly podcast that digs into the real stories behind uh, different horror film, not horror yeah. films, but just like different folklore and all kinds mm-hmm. of things. They have a lot of witches and in October. They do it every single week. And Fun. it's usually about different witches and stuff. Um, obviously, American Horror Story, Coven and Apocalypse were both very witch heavy. Yeah. Um, love, love those, two, those beautiful ladies. And my favorite witch of all witches, Ursula, the sea witch. You know, it's so funny. She's literally called a sea witch. And uh-huh. I did not even think of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's out here just doing magic. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's an awesome pick. She's great. Yeah. Again, and misunderstood. Like, I yeah. feel like where's our Ursula origin story? That is what I'm I bet. For. I mean, I bet if the, if the live action Little Mermaid does well, mm-hmm. which it will, yeah. um, I bet we get one. I mean, what Maleficent and Cruella have done so well. Yep. And they're kind of, they were kind of, well, Cruella definitely was, and Maleficent was sort of also an origin story, at least part of it. So, I think it'll happen because that would be really cool. It would be awesome. Although I'm still the ver I mean, obviously it's not out, but I'm still not sure about Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Yeah, I go back and forth. I think she might be a little too hokey. Yeah. A little too like slapstick, but she, mm, she can do serious sometimes. That's true. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to watch. I mean, I'm going to see it. So (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. I'm still going to judge. Right. Exactly. Until then (laughs) I'm going to just make assumptions. Um, (laughs) Okay. So one, I have two more before I move into, because there are so many books. Yeah. I want to get those books. One that I want to like, that I want to talk about, but also there are just so many, Um, but two show, there are actually two shows I want to talk about. So the first is the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which was on Netflix. In fact, it ended, I think, earlier this year is when it was done, maybe even the end of last year. So this was cool because, obviously, I mean, like I mentioned, we were kids of the 90s during the heyday of TGIF. You know, Sabrina mm-hmm. the Teenage Witch came out. Well, and, you know, and it was perfect, lovely, like, 90s sitcom with magic. Like, great. But then... The Chilling Adventures of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina came out um what probably a few years ago and it was just it was such a vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just no other way to put it. You know, Riverdale had just started and obviously Sabrina is in the Archie universe. And so there was that controversy of what network it was going to be on. 
but I think Netflix was the right choice because they could, I mean, Riverdale, I think pushes the boundaries of what it does on network TV, but then like chilling adventures of Sabrina. I mean, it's like from the jump, it's like, this is satanic worship. (laughs) It's totally fine. Yeah. It's just part of the day. But also, and you know, and, and there were some like pretty like horror ish elements and there's definitely a lot of blood mm-hmm. and weird stuff happening. Um, the, I will say like the first two seasons, I really did enjoy the second two. Cause it's only four seasons. Second two seasons kind of goes off the rails. I did power through, um, just because I thought it was so interesting. I mean, it was, it was just, it was a really great take. Um, on it. And the cool thing though, is like, even though this, the final season did get kind of, they got canceled kind of out of nowhere is that the showrunner is also, he was doing like these comic book retellings of the Archie is set in the Archie universe. And he is going to like finish the chilling adventures of Sabrina story in a graphic novel. So I think, and I think it's supposed to be out at some point this year, but we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, so that I, I really, I, like I said, first two seasons were really fun and interesting, um, and really cool. And it's really cool to see Kieran and Sherpka from Mad Men, Men. kind of almost all grown. She's playing a 16 year old, but like all grown up, like it's pretty (laughs) cool. Um, then I also, I want to talk about Scarlet Witch and from WandaVision. I, 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 I was skeptical kind of when it was becoming clear. So spoiler, like when it's becoming clear that like Wanda was really going to be the Scarlet Witch and kind of, you know, and like, and it wasn't just that she had gone through, she had been altered and, you know, changed Mm -hmm. and given these powers, but that she like inherently had some powers. And so, you know, so I was like, when that kind of started to, when it started to take that turn, I was, I was, like I said, I was a little bit skeptical but I really liked the arc of that story for many different reasons. But I, I think that it was really interesting to just be like, no, like she's, she's just a witch and she's powerful and, mm-hmm. and she knows what to do. And I mean, I, and we can't talk about Wanda without talking about Agnes as her counter, like her foil and her counterpart, because Agnes was also very powerful in her own right. So um yeah, I think that was, that was just like another, it was like another way to not just think about, you know, I think that it really is helping introduce the idea of mutants in the Marvel cinematic mm-hmm. universe and kind of more of a direct way. Um, but then also just another aspect of the power, power. I don't want to say magic, really. I want to say the power that exists in people in the MCU. Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for all the books? Can't wait. Let's do it. <laughs> There's so many. I don't know who we kind of talk about this in our interview with Lana Harper because she is a former agent and you know, just how publishing works in cycles and they they all it's like somehow something in the publishing ether happens where everyone's like, you know what we need? We need witch books. <laughs> and then they all come out at the same exact time. Almost. <laughs> they were all watching Sabrina a couple of years ago. Maybe that's and what happened. It was like, it starts in one, it goes down the line. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The first I want to talk about, I just finished this book like a few days ago. It's the X hex by Aaron Sterling, who is 
um, is which is one of Rachel Hawkins's pen names. But it's about a woman who puts a curse on her ex and has to deal with the repercussions when he returns to their small town. And it kind of seems like the curse goes a little bit out of control and they have to deal with what happens there. And of course, they end up kind of reconnecting. Um, The next one I want to talk about, I think, is my favorite of the witch titles, which is Witch Please by Anna Aguirre. And it's about a woman who owns a magical fix-it shop and gets involved with a man who owns like the local bakery. And he thinks he's cursed because he's still a virgin. <laughs> and she may be able to help with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, oh, one thing I have noticed, like while I was kind of doing some research and then just looking at the amount of witch books that I have actually read this year, a lot of them are kind of set in small towns. Oh, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause so was Salem. Right. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's funny. Cause even cause Lana Harper's book paybacks, a witch is also another great witch pun title um, is set like in a small Southern Illinois town. So I think that's really fun. Okay. Yeah. The next one is big witch energy by Kelly Jameson. And in this one, a woman takes a DNA test to find her long lost father <laughs> And it turns out he's it's she's from a magical family um, and a long line of witches. Um, so that that one was really, really fun, too. That sounds and, great. Oh, yeah. Alexis Daria had an uh, audible original that came out over the summer called What the Hex. Um, and this one, what I really loved about this one is that there's like a focus on the coven, the idea of, you know, the group of witches. Um, and they are trying to get rid of a demon living inside the heroine sister's fiance before she gets married to him. So <laughs> that's really fun too. Um, I want to mention a middle grade graphic novel series called The Witches of Brooklyn by Sophie Escabas. Um, my, this comes highly recommended from my seven-year-old who reads above her, you know, she reads above a seven-year-old's reading level. Um, but these books, it's really sweet. It's about an orphan who has to go live with her kooky aunts. And it turns out there's a reason for why they're so weird. They're, they're witches. And she discovers that she is also a witch. And you know, she's dealing with going to a new school and trying to make friends and also figure out what her magic can do. So it's, it's really, really cute. Um, and then a YA novel is called, that's called Bad Witch Burning by Jessica Lewis. And this is about a young witch who can talk to the dead and she tries to make money by like talking to the deceased for people. But when she accidentally raises the dead, she has to deal with what else she may have brought back too. Those are some witchy books. There are many more. Like that is just getting into it. Yeah, there are more more coming. Like there are books that are coming out about witches that aren't, it's not even in during kind of spooky season, you know, in September and October. I know I've seen a couple of witch books come that are, that are coming out in the spring and into next year. I'm sure like I bet next September and October. Oh yeah. are just going to be full of witch books and, (laughs) and I'm here for it. It's going to be a riches of witches. Ooh, that's the show (laughs) title. I'm writing it down. Excellent. I was like, I've been sitting on that one for 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, I did. And while we were talking about TV and movies and stuff, I just, we, neither of us mentioned practical magic. Oh my God. 
which is a travesty. I like just looked down at my notes and I was like, practical magic exclamation point. Oh my yeah. gosh. Another oh. kind of formative, I think, cause that came out in like 1998 or 1999, I think for like, definitely teenage Danielle was into it. <laughs> yeah. You, I remember so many slumber parties watching practical magic. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love it. Okay, good. <laughs> now we all have to go put our witches hats on and get comfortable and read all these books because that yeah. is a good reading list. We're going to go check on our cauldrons and we're going to come back and you'll hear our interview with Lana Harper. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Lana. We are so happy to have you here. No, oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah. So I wanted to start off by asking you a bit about your publishing journey because you started out publishing YA, um, paranormal YA, and now you have moved into your first adult paranormal rom-com, Payback's a Witch, which is out now. So yeah, I'd love to hear kind of how you got started writing and the whole process. So the the origin story of writing in general was that I was in law school and so unhappy. And I kept complaining to my mom, like, I hate this so much. It's sucking Mm -hmm. my soul. I don't want to go be a lawyer. And she was like, what do you want to do? And I told her I really wanted to be in publishing and specifically I wanted to be a writer. And she was like, well, maybe you should write something. And I was like, (laughs) okay, call out. Fair enough. So I wrote, um, while I was still in law school, I wrote, Uh, It was a sapphic vampire-esque novel, which I still love, never going to see the light of day, but (laughs) I had such a good time. It was like the light of my life while I hated Mm -hmm. my classes. So I finished it. And then I did decide right after that I wanted to do a publishing and writing master's degree at Emerson. Mm-hmm. So I moved on to that directly after law school um, and met who a uh, person who would be my future agent there. We had a lot of classes okay. together, took a lot of shots in between. So it was like <laughs> a lovely, productive friendship. And then um, both of us ended up working as literary agents at different agencies and maybe like a couple of years down the line, she was like, you know, I remember you were working on something. Are you still interested in doing something with that? And I was like, yes, actually, that would be awesome. Yeah. So we started working together that way. Um, and I continued agenting. That book didn't sell. But then the next one, which was Wicked Like a Wildfire, did sell in 2015, I think. So for a while, I was kind of juggling, you know, the full-time agenting and the Mm part-time writing. And I loved agenting and I still kind of miss, you know, working with other writers, working with editors. It's so collaborative and so kind of extroverted in a way Mm -hmm. that I love. Um, But it was just impossible to juggle. So I switched in 2018 to full-time freelance writing. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had just started writing for Abrams and I was doing historical thrillers. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, maybe I'll try to do an adult thriller. And that was my work in progress. Um, When I was talking to my agent, she was like, you know, people are really looking for paranormal contemporary romances. And that has not been a moment that's happened in the past. I know that you're interested in this space. Mm -hmm. What do you think about brainstorming an idea for something like that? So we just put our heads together and she sent me like pages of prompts. And she was like, what if, you know, something like John Tucker must die, but everyone is witches and two of the ladies (laughs) fall in love. And I was like, 
what? That's yeah. it. That's an amazing idea. Like that is what I want to write about. So that was kind of the kernel of, and I always credit it to her because I would not have thought of this. Like it was yeah. so specific <laughs> and so perfect. And then everything else, you know, Thistle Grove, the four families, um, the magical spellcasting tournament yeah. kind of came from there. So it was a really organic journey. Like I could not have predicted kind of step-by-step the way that would go, except it's been, it's been sapphic from the beginning and then kind of paranormal slash with a heavy emphasis on witches from the yeah. beginning too. Ugh, I love that. Long that <laughs> no, that was great because <laughs> I, you know what, I think this is so interesting that you were a literary agent and because I follow you on social media, so I know you recently, you read my agent's book. My agent is Ashley Herring Blake. Um, and so, yeah. And I that's think awesome. it's, yeah, I know. I mean, first of all, her book's amazing, um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Right. But also, I just, I think it's so interesting that you, I think it's so interesting that there are, there are so many agents who are also writers because they both seem like such time consuming right. things. Yeah. <laughs> So it, yeah, so that's just, that's so interesting. I love that so much. It's really, it's really I think cool. it just lends itself. I mean, you, you end up seeing so many of the trends kind of coalescing. Yeah. And so it's in some ways, I think it's really inspiring to be working with writers so much and to be talking to editors about what they mm-hmm. want. And then a lot, if you have any inclination towards writing, you're always in this like melting pot of ideas right. and you get onto stuff really early. And that's, I think, wise a lot of literary agents mm-hmm. end up being like, I could do this. It would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, and then you have even less spare time in your life to exist. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, you got to make room, you got to make room in your life for all these imaginary friends that you got to mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're like, most of your life, they're like 90% of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in Payback's Witch, um, it's set in a tiny Southern Illinois town that is a tourist trap for all things fall and Halloween. I love it. It's like pumpkin spice latte for days. Um, but what regular people don't know is that uh, four families of witches actually live and operate in the town um, and have been there for centuries. Each family has a different type of magic that they specialize in. How did you go about creating the magical rules and lore of the town of Thistle Grove? It was weirdly organic and I always hesitate to say this because it sounds so cheesy and it didn't feel cheesy when it was happening this is one of the few times where when I was writing it felt like I was discovering something instead of inventing it um Mm -hmm. I just kind of I started with the Harlows and I knew there had to be a weaker magical admin family that was always going to be kind of the butt of the joke. And then of course there's more to them that than meets the eye. And then I also knew I really wanted a Slavic inspired family because I'm from Eastern Europe and I have a special interest in Baba Yaga, generally kind of Slavic magic, which is a broad umbrella term. There's a lot of different kinds of folklore magic in that area. So once I started with those two, I knew that they would be, um, that one would be the main character and what would be the love interest. And then I started thinking what would balance those families out? What could be different magics that would complement? So I needed, you know, the heartbreaker bastard warlock. So of course his family had to have the flashy magic and the money. So it made sense to have them be like the elemental and glamour magicians. And then I wanted one of the families to be more grounded, more earthy, more healers. And that ended up being the thorns. So it was just one of those processes that it happened so naturally that it felt like, of course, you know, this fell into place as opposed to me having to really dig deep to figure Mm -hmm. it out. And then I was thinking it would be cool to give them 
a deeper history than just something that existed in this town. And that's how, you know, one of the families, the the Blackmores um, are allegedly descended from Morgan Le Fay. The Abramovs <laughs> are descended from Baba Yaga. Um, the Thorns are uh, descended from Irish Druids and the Harlas, no one knows because they're not, not as cool <laughs> as the others. <laughs> Maybe down the line, we're going to find out that they also have someone interesting because they, you know, they're not, they're not quite as dull as they seem to yeah. be. But it did happen in a way that was super fun for me. And really, like, I have never had as much fun as I, as I did creating that world. And I hope that that show is because it was just like the wildest ride the whole time. Yeah, just like poured right out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, you hate saying that as a writer, because most of the time it is more of a struggle. Right. <laughs> so it makes it's just like bleeding at that point, really. Realize, but it really was. It was so much fun. And it came at the perfect time. It was like right in the middle of the big move, COVID was happening and it was like the loveliest escape and, and it didn't yeah. feel like work, which was amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I read this book. I read your book, I think like the weekend before Starbucks started selling pumpkins, pumpkin spice lattes. So it really just like <laughs> seamlessly, I was like, I'm ready. And fall needs to just happen. Like I've read the book. Like forcing fall. Yep. I gotta, I gotta have it happen. It's that way all the time. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Yeah. Except for fall. The rest of the time yeah. is like, when is it October yet? What are we even doing? In this exactly. <laughs> so as you mentioned, Emmy, your main character, she's a witch and she's never really Really, well, she's never thought she was a great witch, um, but she has to return home to Thistle Grove after she had left and she had gone to the big city. She's gone to Chicago. She had a really terrible breakup. And because she left Thistle Grove, her powers have started to diminish. Um, and then, but once she comes back, she returns home and is in her family home and everything that magic, she starts to feel like her magic is reawakening. Right. So I wanted to know kind of what inspired both kind of a returning home or a homecoming story for Emmy and the rediscovery of her powers. Cause I feel like those really went hand in hand. I am a huge sucker for homecoming stories. I think part of that for me, and it's one of those things that you see a lot in romance novels. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just something that resonates. Like there's like a particular magic to coming back to a place that you really were adamantly leaving behind and you're like, yeah. with it, it's in the rear view. You're never coming back. And then some kind of circumstances conspired to force you back there. And there's always this sense of like hidden opportunity and romance and sparkles. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you didn't know this place the way you thought you did. Maybe it's yeah. changed since you've been gone. It's like the fantasy of the place that made you having more to offer than you thought. For me, it's especially attractive because I don't really have a de facto hometown. I left, mm -hmm. I was born in Belgrade in Serbia and I left when I was six. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've been back and I have family there, but we moved around a lot when I was growing up. And so I always had this notion, especially because American like cinema was so big of, <laughs> of the idea of like um, an American small town of a certain kind and right. how romantic and magical it would be to be able to go home. And there's like a main street and there's quaintness to it. Mm -hmm. So it was something that in a mundane way, it was appealing to me. And then of course, since Emmy is on a magical journey too. Like you said, it's a complimentary kind of rediscovering, like maybe what I thought was weakness is not in fact that kind of yeah. weakness. Maybe there's something here that I just didn't understand and that I could grow into and that I don't need to turn my back on in order to become more myself, you know, than I, than I was as my younger me. So yeah. they really did. They really did go hand in hand for me. 
Yeah. And I thought something that was really, I really enjoyed was with her best friend, Lyndon and how, how honest she was with, with Emmy when she came back and was like, you know, you didn't just leave your ex-boyfriend, like you left me too. And I just, I thought the way that they kind of reconciled was really like heartwarming and poignant. And I mean, it was a tough conversation, but I think it also like showed how great of a friendship they had because they could have, you know, I mean, I think Emmy was avoiding it, but you know, Lyndon kind of stood her ground and, and, and made her point. So I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I love, I love when best friends, it's like best friends, like reconciling too. I think that's really fun. So I love, I mean, best friend stories are super important to me Mm -hmm. and I have, you know, in, in different stages of my life, I have such meaningful friendships that are still, even though we don't live anywhere near each other and, our relationships are now mostly virtual, but these people, Mm -hmm. when I do meet them again in person, it's like you pick up right where you left off and it's so rare to have that. And when you do have it, it's it's like this gift. So I thought it would be especially painful and and a particular growth moment to have to confront that you ditched this person. I mean, you you were kind of, you didn't really sort of soft peddled it. Like you, you know, they kept, they kept in touch. They still sort of communicated, but Emmy specifically was like, I'm not coming back. I know Mm -hmm. you live there. I just can't do that anymore. And I wanted her to have to face up to the fact that leaving was not entirely this brave thing that she thought she was doing. It was in some way selfish and she had to have that reckoning moment with Lyndon. So I'm glad it came across that way. I also wanted it to feel like, um, like an in development moment where they weren't back to who they used to be. They were back on a road to being that, those kinds of friends again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the conflict isn't just between like the friends and they're, they're sort of dealing with their past issues. It's also like, we've got the gauntlet going on right now and, and the spell casting magic is the spell casting magical competition um, that all the founding families have to compete in. Can you tell us about the setup for the gauntlet and why this was the perfect way to enact revenge for the coven of the scorned? Um, <laughs> the gauntlet was the first uh, idea that I had after oh, we, cool. you know, once I had the notion of John Tucker must die, I was like, how can we make this different? Uh, and I know that they have to be witches, but what would be a compelling mechanism? Why is she going back in the first place? And why is this relevant to a vengeance plot? And I was like, what if they're competing? Mm-hmm. What if there's some kind of tournament going on? Yeah. You know, and there's a little bit of the Triwizard vibes. I grew mm-hmm. up kind of in that era. So that always stuck with me because it's just cool to see that happening like you want to just square off against each other so it it just seemed like such a an easy and fun vehicle for all the other things that had to happen and I was like I know that's going to create a a structure to the book Mm because you know you're going to have the the three acts of the three obstacles and the gauntlet so it just really lent itself to that and I wanted to write it because I I I love spell casting scenes. Like I don't do well with like actual conflict scenes, like fight scenes or anything physical, (laughs) but I do really enjoy like dueling magics, that kind of thing. So it it just performed a lot of purposes at once and seemed like a really good center for the book, even though, you know, a lot of the emotional plot doesn't really depend on the gauntlet at all. Right. (laughs) Awesome. So, I mean, based on our, so far, our entire conversation, witches are totally having a moment right now they they're everywhere what's going on what is in the water that everyone's drinking um (laughs) why are there so many witches I think it just is like something reads like readers have wanted this for a long time for whatever reason 
it just hasn't been available, which I find publishing functions this way, right? where editors kind of decide all at once. I don't know how this happens. I, <laughs> even as an agent, as a former agent, I never understood how these weird zeitgeisty moments yeah. happen where one person's like, you know what, what would be cool is like, what if we did hating game, but they were a wizard and a witch in the same office or something. And then maybe yeah. they talk to their friends and everyone's like, yeah, that would be cool. And then they all start <laughs> talking to agents and asking. Yeah. Them. I don't know how these trends happen, but then I think they build on each other because once it's really going to be successful, yeah. everyone else is like, we need our witch romance. Yep. Too. We need a witch. <laughs> so <laughs> I would, it. yeah, I know. I mean, it's, that's, I think that's like kind of the paranormal lane I gravitate towards like more so than I think like vampires and werewolves and stuff. Like, I'm like, give me like the witch who controls the weather, you know? like let's yeah, have different it kinds of witches agree yeah so many so I was wondering though who are some of your favorite pop culture witches and did any of them inspire paybacks a witch I don't know that I have any specific um inspirations for that book mm-hmm. but I really love witches and then of course like for me the seminal witch was Willow in Buffy yeah. has to be Buffy and Tara actually I really really loved the two of them together Mm-hmm. And then Supernatural was wonderful. There was a lot of witches in Supernatural of the campier stripe, generally speaking, but even right. still very, very <laughs> enjoyable. Um, and then I watched Sabrina and really, really loved it, but that felt like a very different kind yeah. of vibe than the kind of witches that I'm used to. And then I will also have to include the magicians, both the book and the show, even though the show is like totally so different from the books. Yeah. But the whole notion of like angsty adults (laughs) having (laughs) to handle magical powers and also be like, I'm so depressed and jaded. I love that. So, and I, I, even though, you know, they're called magicians, they're witches. Like that's right. So I think that vibe always sticks with me too and then any any witch that I that I ever came across in true blood same type of yeah. thing so I, I think that that just makes me sound like I love all witches which is true <laughs> like, <there are> no, <laughs> I don't have any specific witches I like them all yeah. <laughs> that's awesome who, who I love yes favorite? do you have a favorite I'm witch? trying to think of who my you know I mean I think I would take it old school and say like the wicked witch of the west like you know oh, yeah. the OG but I also yeah. really enjoy you know, from Wicked, the book and the musical, I, I think, you know, I really love. loved what they did, how they twisted the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz around. Yeah. What Define about you? Gravity yeah. yeah. Oh, so I've, good. Seen, I've seen Wicked yeah. three times and every single time I'm like, you're not going to cry. It's not going to happen. No, and it happens <laughs> every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. I'll say this is a digression, but that's the norm. But my mom, <laughs> like, well, like, so my mom is in a book club and I was like the dork in my mom's book club because I just was reading all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally Gwen, your mom made a website that yeah. started from a book club. So, um, but so she chose wicked, you know, years ago, like when it came mm-hmm. out and I can tell you, I mean, so I've been in this book club basically since wicked came out and almost every book club we talk about wicked to this day like we still talk about the book and then everyone of course has seen the musical and it like the themes in it are just so are so powerful all from this green lady (laughs) I mean alphabet just it's just this very specific kind of magic and I think it also helps 
that that book is so weird. Like it just sticks with you. <laughs> what Wild. happened? You're right. I don't even know. Like I read it three times because I was like, I still don't completely understand why this is so powerful. <laughs> I loved, I really loved Wicked yeah. and I loved the way that they made it almost a little bit more accessible for the musical mm-hmm. but in a way that didn't diminish. I mean, it was its own entity, but in a right. equally appealing way. Yeah. yeah this looks that like his killer. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Gwen, I'm like, you? yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, going to go OG, very old school and uh, also because I'm just staring at it, but the Sanderson sisters, Hocus yeah, Pocus. Yeah, of course. I was, <laughs> was like, I could do the craft. I could do like, because I also like very gothic-y, which is and so mm-hmm. yeah no I love Hocus Pocus I can't believe I forgot to mention the craft thank you <laughs> that was that was just painful and also practical magic so. oh practical yeah. magic so good <laughs> so good I can't think of a modern version of the craft that had the same impact like they really yeah. just caught right. a vibe that time and it hasn't been I think successfully replicated no yeah, no and I didn't with that see, new one. yeah I didn't see the new mm-hmm. one I, didn't so either. I don't know yeah I feel like, you know, we were talking, you mentioned Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And I feel like the first season was very successful, but it kind of went off the rails. And I, in fact, I just watched the last season and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, American Horror Story Coven. Coven. The best, yes. Oh, yes. best of all the American yeah. Horror Stories. <laughs> the Supreme. And Supreme. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. It was wonderful. It's my favorite American Horror Story. Yeah, Probably the only one I really watched without cringing at all. Yeah. It's good start to finish. <laughs> yeah. Usually was like, I think it also because I don't think Ryan Murphy was working on that one. Is that why? <laughs> I think he gave it away to someone to run the whole show. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Whoever it was, I need to see more of their stuff because yeah, seriously, far my favorite. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Lana, one of the things that we love to ask our guests when you come to join us is what is bringing you comfort and joy recently. It can be anything from like a recipe or a new blanket or something that you've recently discovered, but what is bringing you a little bit of comfort recently? bit of comfort um I I don't know if this is comfort exactly but I guess a tool that definitely counts um I have like a perfume problem oh tell us more (laughs) yeah products I love perfumes so much so I've just taken to like following perfume blogs and like deep diving into like basically like what are top notes? What are heart notes? How do you decide what you're going to like? So I like to every couple of weeks go to Sephora or Saks and just smell a whole bunch of things and be like, Oh, can I, do I have money for this? No, I don't. I'm going to buy it. (laughs) So that's my, that's like probably my less practical source of joy, but then Mm -hmm. on the more practical side, actually there are two of them. I just saw the, um, first season of the L word generation Q Mm -hmm. and it was so comforting and wonderful because it feels very much like the original, but it's also in many ways better because it is more diverse and more thoughtful than the original was. And I loved the L word so much initially that this was like a fantastic way to get back into that world. And then on a more kind of emotional note, um, I watched for all mankind on Apple TV plus, Mm -hmm. and that's by one of uh, the creators of Battlestar Galactica, which is my all-time favorite show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I had not anticipated that it would be like such a close cousin to that. I was like, oh, oh the nice. premise is cool. You know, an alternative history of space flight sounds neat. And I was not prepared 
for the emotional involvement and how beautiful it was as a show. So for anyone looking for like a really deep dive immersion show, there's two seasons. It's fantastic. It gives me chills. I would rewatch it tomorrow. It's just wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of Payback's a Witch, there is a little sneak peek, but I was wondering if you could tell readers what they can, or listeners, what they can expect from you next. So the next book in the series is From Bad to Cursed. And our main character in that book is going to be Issa Abramov. So it's Talia's younger sister. Um, The love interest is Rowan Thorne. That's um, Lyndon's brother, her twin brother, who we meet competing yeah. in the gauntlet. And the two of them have a long-standing arch nemesis ship. They're very different. She's like very much a dark sorceress. Uh, and yeah. he's very much like a straight-laced healer. So they are going to have to um, solve a mystery together. Ooh. And yes, like a very dark mystery. Something is afflicting one of the families um, right before the Beltane Summer Festival happens. So they, you know, have to follow the clues and also spend a lot of time together. And it's kind of an opposites attract, but also, you know, um, enemies to lovers trope, which is my very favorite. And I mm-hmm. really, really loved writing it. So I hope, I hope people like it. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. Yeah, can't wait. There are demons. It is definitely, I would say I leaned more into all the things I was holding back on in the first book. So there's more magic, there's more sexiness. I was just like, you know what? You're just going to let loose. Yeah. (laughs) You can really go for it with this one. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. When, do you know when that's coming out or just Um, about? Well, I, I'm hoping it's going to be out next May-ish. Okay. So it's not going to be a year from, from um, like, obviously, yeah. Payback is coming out in October, and typically it would be about a year in between, but I think we're actually going to be on a six-month schedule, so nice. which is awesome for me and That's very really exciting. Cool. It should be somewhere around May. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Lana, before we say goodbye to you, um, where can readers find out more about you online and stay in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm predominantly on Instagram because I love it so much Um, and I'm there at Lana Light L-A-N-A-L-Y-T-E and then I'm also on Twitter although a little bit more lurky there and that's at (laughs) Lana Popovic Lit Um, and then I do have my author website that has all the pre-order links you know anything that Mm -hmm. would make me super happy and that also links to all of my social media so any of those places are awesome I love talking to readers and interacting and I try to be diligent about it because it's, it makes me so happy. Um, yeah. So anyone who wants to drop me a note is more than welcome. I'm always there. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. This was super fun. This flew by. <laughs> it really did. I was like, wait, it's over. It's I, over. Know. I know. I was like, what else, what other witches could we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> but there are probably many. I um, know. Talk about upcoming witch books. And there are so many that I'm really. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Yeah. In fact, wait, they may, I may even have some somewhere. No, I don't know where. The Apex is one yeah. which please another... oh that title which please yeah, is just please. perfect mm-hmm. the, pun be, yeah. the pun yeah I know so great yeah well this was super fun we are so we were so happy to have you on today yeah, thank you so thank much you for so joining much. us I had the most wonderful time thank you how cool is Lana Harper she's great she's got the best hair <laughs> She's the best hair. Her haircut was lovely. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna like tell on myself. Like, Lana Harper's so cool. Like, when I saw that she lived in Chicago, I literally was like, 
let's hang out. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And so we are hanging out at some point, (laughs) uh, sometime soon, sometime this month, we're going to get together, but it's, yeah, she's super fun. Her book also, like, if you are looking for like, not a super scary, but very Halloween-y book, like this Payback's a Witch is the book to read. So yeah, I loved chatting with her. Um, all right. So let's talk about our goals. I'll go first. Okay. So I'm going to say, so my goal from last time was to finish the first round of copy edits of the accidental pinup. And I, I was cheating because I knew I was going to do it. Um, <laughs> we recorded on a Sunday and I think by the time of our Tuesday fresh fiction staff meeting, I had finished Good. <laughs> and had like sent it to my editor. I was like, please take this away from me. I don't want to look at it. If I look at it anymore, I'm going to keep changing things. So I was like, nope, take it. It's good. Yeah, it's done. Um, I have to give a giant shout out to my copy editor. Her name is Erica. She's great. We love she, you, Erica. She made my book make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is really, really lovely. And I mean, thank goodness for copy editors. Um, True facts. Yes. And then my new goal, which I talked about at the top, but my new goal is to start prepping for National Novel Writing Month. Um, I feel like I may have talked about this before, but I'll, I'll explain it briefly, but basically the idea is during the month of November, you sit down and you write 50,000 words, whether that's a complete book for you or not. And you, and it's really just committing to like getting into that practice and, um, of writing hopefully every day, or at least sitting down and just concentrating on writing. And so, and it's, it's a big, you know, some, there's a fundraising aspect of it. It it really has become like a big movement and a community Mm -hmm. and you can join like local groups in your area. It's all done online too. Um, NaNoWriMo like lends itself really well to the current state of things. Yes, Um, it's true. (laughs) So, so yeah, so I think I really, I do want to like start prepping for that and outlining and really having a kind of a clear idea. And so what I am planning on writing though, is something that's like totally new, not related to kind of the, the universe that I have created, you know, universe in a contemporary romance sense, not <laughs> something wild, um, like paranormal, um, or sci-fi that's, that's out of my wheelhouse, but yeah, so that's what I want to do. I love it. That's All right. Awesome. How about you? So let's see. So last week or last episode, my goal was to make fresh stock for the week. Cause I had a chicken sitting in my fridge that needed to be cooked up. Um, I did, I was successful at that. I made three jars of stock, which I then turned into soup, um, yeah. which I have been eat. We've been sort of like eating and then mother souping and, you know, creating new soup and going through that life cycle of soup for the last few days. Cause what kind of soup did you make? So let's see, this one was, so my stock was, I made it with a, like a, uh, a Bangkok seasoning to it. And then my soup I made with a, oh, adobo. It was a, a yeah. So I made it. So oh, I have okay. like an adobo by uh, sort of um, soup going mm-hmm. and then I'll throw, uh, so it's got carrots and chicken and all kinds of stuff. in it. Yum. That sounds great. I eat it for dinner in just a little bit. Yeah. All right. So my new goal for this 
coming uh, week is going to be hard because it's getting darker. It's harder to wake up, but I have got to start getting out of bed by six before six 30. Mm. I'm not saying awake by six 30. Cause I'm easily awake way before then. I just sit right. on my bed and as we've discussed, scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. <laughs> my scrolling is in the, in the morning when I, for some yeah. reason, just dragging my feet on just getting up and doing something. So mm-hmm. I'd like to try to get out of bed and stay out of bed yeah. by six 30. Awesome. Day. That's my goal. <laughs> that's great. I think that's a good goal. Thanks. But that's because I'm, I'm a morning person. So I am. And that's the thing too, is I am also a huge morning person. I'm much more productive in the morning. I like the quiet of the morning, yeah. um, but it's like just been hard these last few weeks. So gotta, mm-hmm. gotta get up early. Gotta chase that sun. Seriously. Yeah. It's going to be like dark all the time for you soon. Oh my gosh. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dark. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it though. I'm prepared. Well, with all of these changes and things, all of the stuff we're planning on doing, we need something to bring us comfort. So what is bringing you comfort this week? Um, so I know I mentioned a few episodes ago, my hunt for a ridiculous jacket or coat or not jacket, but like a sweatshirt or something. Mm-hmm. I never ended up getting the new Mexican style one, but instead <laughs> I got this very purple, very plaid plush shirt jacket from Costco that is like Sherpa on the inside (laughs) and it's all purple flannel, cute flannel on the outside. I look like a very happy member of the sons of anarchy. It is, (laughs) it is bringing me so much joy. It's in my dryer right now because I had to wash it, um, which was the saddest part. I feel like a little kid, you know, when you get that like blank and you're like, I'm never parting from this. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was my jacket right now. I love that. Um, I heard the, uh, someone said, or maybe I was reading an article and it said the word shacket. Ooh. And apparently that is a shirt jacket. Like you just said, it's a shacket. A shacket. I don't know well, if I like it. I don't like that. It sounds, I don't. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it sounds like a bad, like a, like a lazy, bad word. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it is. I yeah. mean, <laughs> It sounds like something that Eleanor would say on The Good Place. Oh, shack it. Yeah, it does. It does. That's really, oh, I like that. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh my so God. I am dying to know about your comfort. Uh, yes. Spoiler alert, I know, but I want to hear about it. Okay. So I, last episode, I mentioned that I hung out with some friends and we like went to our friend Kate's backyard and we watched 10 things I hate about you on her projector. And we all brought snacks and wine and stuff like that. I made these cookies that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're from a blog that I had, uh, this was like a Pinterest find. I was just like looking on Pinterest and I think I put in like chocolate cookie Mm-hmm. And this, I found this after probably hours of scrolling. Um, it's a blog called Sweet and Simple Kitchen, who I had not heard of, but I've been looking at her site. She looks great. Um, but anyway, these cookies are called Double Chocolate Coffee Addict Cookies. And they're a chocolate cookie with chocolate chips and white chocolate chips. Now, I know some people don't like white chocolate chips. These cookies need them because they're so rich. But then the coffee addict comes in there because there's espresso powder in it. 
And I, it was one of those things. It didn't seem when I made it, it did not seem like it was that much coffee, mm-hmm. but then you know, it's espresso powder. I think my husband was like, it's espresso. And I was like, correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there, it really doesn't taste too much like coffee either. Like there's like a little hint of it, but it's, they're just really good. I will say since that time I've had friends who went to this gathering, they have made the cookies. Awesome. Um, and they said they did not use the espresso powder. They just used like, um, like decaf instant coffee, even, <clears throat> excuse me, to take it just because some people, you know, some people just don't need that much caffeine. I didn't need that much caffeine in my cookies. I can tell you my seven-year-old did not need <laughs> that much coffee in her cookies, but they were so good. They come, I highly recommend it. It's like, if you need to take a cookie, like this is going to be, this will be a hit at like Thanksgiving gatherings and Christmas gatherings, like what are any of the holiday gatherings at the end of the year that people will be going to, they were really, really good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This recipe looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And what's nice is you don't have like, you know, some cookies, you have to let the dough sit over like for a few hours or overnight that you can, I just didn't. And I think someone in the comments even asked that. And she was like, no, just make them. And they were really, they were really good. They were easy. They were, you know, I mean, they're, they're a pretty typical cookie. Um, but I think just the combination of ingredients really, really, really works. I love espresso and a cookie so much. So good. It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) Has, has Ivy fallen asleep since having those cookies? (laughs) She's still awake (laughs) two weeks later. Basically, maybe that's why she just doesn't go to bed. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, I mean, you could just definitely tell like it probably, but it was probably also sugar, like a sugar high as well, probably more so, but I mean, I could like feel it, you know, like, because we know, like I've had this ongoing thing where I'm like, I'm not drinking as much coffee. I still drink coffee, just not as much as I used to. Right. And I could definitely feel it. Like I was like, I, I stayed out like later than usual. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat a cookie and I'm going to drive home and it's going to be great. I'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They were really good. <laughs> Highly recommended. <laughs> I can't wait to make my own version of it uh, next, next time. <laughs> yeah, you should. I hope so. I hope you do. Um, speaking of which, I think this is it. <laughs> yeah. The saddest part. I know. So, but before we sign off, I want to do, I want to remind everyone, we want to hear from you. Email us podcast at freshfiction.com. Tell us what to talk about for the week of Thanksgiving. What do you want in your earbuds when you're Mm. in line Black Friday shopping or uh, uh, like up early on your computer trying to get those deals. Yeah. Who do you, what do you want us to talk to you about? Um, yeah. Cause otherwise we're just going to talk about our favorite cookie recipes. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about these cookies again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will anyway. Um, Cause they're so good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So as always, you can follow us on all the socials. You can follow Fresh Fiction at large at Fresh Fiction. You can follow me at D Jackson Books. And you can follow me at Real Vixen. Um, please subscribe and follow, rate and review us. And of course, send us your notes because um, we want to hear from you. But yeah. this has been fun, Gwen. Always a pleasure, Danielle. <laughs> I know. Let's go figure out, I don't know, what, what time of the month is it? Like with the moon, we should do something witchy. 
<laughs> I mean, oh, it's time to go. Uh, what is it? Charge our crystals under this, under yes. the moonlight and get there ready for the new season. Awesome. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye. Bye.